You are listening to Everything Yoga, Everywhere Yoga, a podcast designed to explore yoga philosophy and psychology, moving beyond the mat and into the world. How can we connect mindfulness and psychology and apply them to everyday life? My name is Jen, I am your host, yoga teacher, mental health consultant, and the founder of Connect Home Yoga. Every week on the podcast, we'll be exploring different topics and self-coaching techniques. We will occasionally be welcoming brilliant guests from around the world to discuss with us. So join me as we wander the heart, the mind, and the world on this podcast. Wherever you are on your journey, I'll meet you there. Hi everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Everything Yoga, Everywhere Yoga. I'm so excited today to be joined by Safa. She is a yoga and meditation teacher, an intuitive healer, a life coach, and an all-round amazing person. Uh, it was so fun to chat to her. I hope that you enjoy listening to the conversation as much as we enjoyed having it. Uh, that it's jam-packed with so much goodness. Um, she has so much advice, so much wisdom, and uh, just so, so many amazing things to share, and a lot of really great projects going on. So I have all the links to those things, and to, of course, any way that you can get in touch with Safa in my show notes. Um, but yeah, just so much, so much goodness in this episode. Uh, Could have gone on for ages, and I know I keep saying that about the guests, but it's only because they've been so amazing, and I hope that you've enjoyed them as well. Uh, so without further ado, here is Safa. Hi, Safa. How are you doing? Thank you for joining me today. I am great. No, thank you. It's an absolute pleasure. Great. So where are you joining us from today? I am joining from Houston, Texas. Yeah. How's Houston, Texas right now? Um, I think we're doing pretty good. Everybody is uh, doing their best to be loving and supportive of each other right now, which is actually really sweet to see. And that makes me feel like the energy of the city itself is rising up a little bit. How about you? Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, here in London, it's kind of a, a mix. You have some people who are, yeah, not not going anywhere. Nothing's happening, and then there are other people who are still in the parks, walking around, and kind of carrying on. So <laughs> that's sure. life, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Um, but g- generally, quiet, really nice weather. So it's pretty well. You sometimes forget that there's you know a pandemic, and then yes. you remember. <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, that's right. That whole thing. <laughs> but yeah it's uh, yeah slowly but surely we'll get through it <laughs> agreed agreed yeah so great I'm really happy to have you on the show today so how about you tell us a little bit of well tell us everything about you, <laughs> that, you possibly, <laughs> that you possibly want to share and then we'll jump into the rest and just about what you do uh you know your journey here and uh, what brought you here etc Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And again, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you. But a little bit about me. So I'm not originally from Mexico City. I'm not even from uh, Texas. But so I grew up in Mexico, moved to Florida when I was about 15 or so, and soon started what I call my dharmic journey. (laughs) So we moved to Florida and I through a lot of my own personal stories, and we can get into that a little bit later if you want, because it's one of my favorite topics, but through a lot of my own personal stories and core wounding from when I was a kid, I developed an eating disorder. And this particular place in my life, this particular wounding in my life became really key for me because it number one, it kind of distracted me from some really important things in my own life. And it led me to make specific decisions that later allowed me to grow into a place where I knew I could feel a call for something bigger, right? So you spend all of this time worrying about just this one thing. And when it eats up all of your 
energy and all of your time and all of your mental space. Basically, that's the only thing that you have in your life. And that was more or less at the point where I was in my life where I came across yoga. And yoga comes into my life and it uproots everything. And it makes me slowly but surely wake up to the reality of soul and my purpose. And I started feeling this call from universe that said very specifically to me that I was meant to be a healer and that I was meant to help other women fully step into their power, heal their core wounds, find new ways in which to thrive and empower themselves and become fully who they were. But, you know, as old stories do and as old core woundings do, I allowed myself, even as I was healing through all of that, through my practice, to get really scared. <laughs> and so I, I feared, I feared that call. I couldn't possibly believe that me, little just me, would ever be able to accomplish that or should even try to reach for that. So I got scared. And the first thing I decided to do was, well, okay, what I think I can do is I can, I can teach yoga. I can teach yoga and meditation and be really good at it. So that's where I focused, right? And I did my 200 and my 300 and I got my 500 hour certifications, did that really well wholeheartedly and developed a really deep passion, not just for the practice, because that was already there, but for my students and for serving other people to the best of my abilities. And so that became a super deep dharma for me. And I think that was the seedlings of what slowly developed. From that, as I was teaching, because I think the universe does this, I think the universe sees and feels everything and it slowly gently guides us and sometimes it's not even a slow guide sometimes it's a shove and I'll get to that in a second but <laughs> it starts to slowly guide me down this path and as I'm teaching suddenly all of these people are coming up to me after class and asking hey what do you do for nutrition how do you keep yourself nourished and all of these things and I didn't feel qualified to answer the questions because I wasn't a dietitian I wasn't a nutritionist so I would just be like well I mean like as far as what I do this is what I do and then I also felt uncomfortable because I didn't have time in those interactions to address the fact that, but, but listen though, I'm coming from a place of core wounding where like I did have an eating disorder and I've had to go through X, Y, Z to heal that. And from that space, I can tell you X, Y, Z about it. So then what I decide again, it's that universe telling me, Safa, you're supposed to be a healer. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to help all these people. What are you doing? You're doing great with the yoga, but I told you you're supposed to heal and you're supposed to be a healer. So what up? So I was like, okay, fine. <laughs> like the dialogue. <laughs> I literally feel like that was the, the conversation. So I was like, okay, okay, okay. How about this? How about uh, me like bartering or trying to have some sort of quote unquote compromise with the universe? I'm like, fine, I'll keep teaching yoga and meditation. But what if I get my nutrition certification? And so I went through this school in California, Hawthorne University, which I just, it just like the best education I could have asked for because it was a holistic healing based uh, place for me to learn. And I went and I applied myself and I I got, you know, I graduated with like honors and everything. I was so excited. And I started my new, like my brand new business, which is the Nourishing Paths LLC business I have. Um, so for those of you who are listening and you don't know who I am or what I'm talking about, you can look me up on Instagram. At <laughs> I know, going to put all these <laughs> Yeah, this one always, always sounds so weird. They're like, oh, what is this lady talking about? Nourishing Paths. <laughs> <laughs> So that's when I started that business and I got super excited and I was starting to put things in place and I was doing like little podcast interviews here and there and I was getting clients and all of that. But you know, 
in the process of learning how to heal myself from the eating disorder, as well as growing into this intuitive healer that I embody today, I also had to spend a lot of time uprooting and unearthing. And it's what I call a Kali phase. You know how like Kali, the goddess of, um, mm -hmm. she's not just the goddess of destruction, but she, she does embody a lot of destruction within, um, within Hindu like mythology. And I love that about her because she's powerful and fearsome, but also like magnificent. So I start what I call my Kali phase about seven years ago from today. And little things start to just uproot and it becomes a cycle of literal like destruction, rebuilding, destruction, creation. Like, and I've just been in that cycle for seven years, which I will say I'm super grateful for it, but I'm also really, really tired. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's taxing work, but it's it's really rewarding work, right? I can imagine. So worth it. So worth it. But yeah, definitely there are days where I'm like, oh gosh, really? Do we do we have to keep going? But yeah, it's always a, an ongoing process and it's a practice just like a yoga practice would be. So I start this this cycle, right? And as I start my new business... I also, all of a sudden, I'm awakened by my own power into the, to such a degree where it is no longer acceptable for me to let myself be smaller than I am, or how would I explain that, or compromise or settle you know, in every aspect of my life. And for a while, there had been some things that just hadn't been working within my own relationship at the time. And so it, as this business blooms and is born and I'm starting to get clients and all of a sudden it's the realization of, oh gosh, I have to not be in this relationship anymore. Mm -hmm. And that was so scary to me because it had been a very long relationship and it was beautiful in its own way and it had its beautiful things, but it just wasn't working anymore. It wasn't growing it wasn't thriving it wasn't flowing so but the the scary time of like oh gosh now how do I let go of this mm -hmm. and so I did the work and that happens and that puts a stop to my business because I have to do all of the emotional mental physical and a spiritual work of doing that and separating myself from that space and blooming from that new place of healing with so much more power and so much more confidence. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you want, I can, I can explain more on that later, but I do that. And when I finally feel like I'm in a place where I can pick up again and start putting all of my energy and effort into the, into the nutrition business, then I do that and my clients drop <laughs> like flies. And I think I'm left with like three clients and I'm like, what just happened? And nothing seems to be moving. And in my life, I have learned when things stagnate, that means that they are dying. Anything that stagnates is death. And it's not even dead in a way that can be resurrected or renewed or created into something else. It is just nothingness. It's kind of like, did you ever watch The NeverEnding Story? No. <laughs> <laughs> or, or read the, okay, well, I guess not. <laughs> I we just drop the Well, for those of you who have, <laughs> so The NeverEnding Story has this very interesting character, both in the book and in the movie, because... It's called the nothingness, right? And it's kind of enveloping this world. And every single time that someone comes up and asks, well, what is it? Is it a hole? Is it a black thing? Is it what exactly is it? Nobody knows how to describe it other than to say it's nothing. There's just nothing there. And that's how I feel like the death of a stagnant 
thing is. There isn't any more resurrection. There isn't any more Phoenix rising from the ashes. It is just stagnated mm -hmm. to the point of nothing. And so that's kind of what I've learned in my life. And when I saw that that was starting to happen to my business, I went, okay, why? What is happening? What have I missed? And the universe, like literally, I remember I was sitting in meditation one day in my little yoga room and I was asking for guidance. You know, I was asking my guides and, and all of that, just like help. Why is this happening to me? And it almost felt like a giggle. I'm not going to like even lie. And I know that that sounds really weird, but oh, no, it no, almost no. Felt like a giggle at like, I've been telling you that you were meant to be a healer for seven years and you thought you could get away with this. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> So that leads me to become uh, an intuitive healer and that's the space that I embody now. And that's my task is to help women really look deep within themselves, heal core woundings and find new ways in which they can step fully into their power and blossom and live thriving lives. And that's why I've actually even kept the name nourishing paths because there's more, yes. yeah, yeah, there's more than one way to nourish yourself. Yeah. 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 Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I keep talking over you. No, 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 no. I did actually. It was it, no, but it's so true. Cause when you had explained to me as well, the shift that you had made, I was like, Oh, and it doesn't even matter. Cause the name is still accurate. Like, exactly. I remember thinking that myself. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I felt it in my like spirit. I was like, well, this works. There's so many different ways to nourish yourself and the paths, right? You've got so many different lanes and so many different venues in which you can use to heal yourself and empower yourself and become that amazing, badass woman that you were <laughs> meant to be from the beginning. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that so much. This was so empowering alone. Like this was just... Like your speech alone was so nice. I just feel like being like, okay, well, until next time. <laughs> like, <laughs> ruin it. Like, <laughs> it was so nice. But uh, yeah, no, that's really, really powerful. And how do you find that this is different than, like for people who are listening, they might think, well, how is nutrition not healing people? Like, how was that not something that was serving people? And what about teaching yoga? How, how come that was not healing enough, quote unquote? So what would you say to that kind of Absolutely. Uh, I'm just, I'm yeah, just, yeah, absolutely. Also, just how you found that it went, you know, because it's not like you were, I don't know, doing something completely not with people before, right? So what was that transition for you? Yeah, it was very interesting because to me, it just was a compilation of everything. Yoga is so powerful and so healing and so empowering. And it just has this beautiful way of what I call it is, is shaking off the cobwebs. So imagine that you're like cleaning your house and you pick up the rug up, you look like from your living room or whatever, and you put all of the dirt that you just dusted off the floor underneath the rug and then you put it back over it. Wow. Then like a few days later, you walk around, you step your foot on it or you push it back or something and all of a sudden the dust flies everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. So we do the same type of thing with our bodies and our minds, the way that we're connected with our emotions and everything. Because we go through experiences, we digest them in a particular way. And whether we deal, if we don't deal with them, if we tend to run away from them or be afraid of them, or if we just ignore them, they'll get stored in the body in different places, in different ways. So the yoga practice is incredible because not only are you learning to move into your spirit and into your body and into your mind through the breath and the movement, but you're also doing the task of lifting up, quote unquote, the proverbial rug and Absolutely. dusting off clearly and cleaning and renewing all of that space. So you're right, that was healing. And it was, I was able to be, 
to be of service to my students in that way, but it was what gave me the ding, ding, ding that I needed to go a step further was the fact that people kept coming to me specifically asking for nutritional advice, right? Mm -hmm. And then the same, nutrition is so key to how we take care of ourselves. If you are nourished in such a way that you are not putting strain in your mental or physical or even uh, psychological or, or emotional state, then you can nourish your life into a really positive place. And I think a lot of us don't know how to do that properly because usually we've been taught to relate to nutrition in, in an almost aggressive way. You know, we see nutrition as this thing that we do either just to be really a very particular type of body and to look a particular kind of way and to measure a particular type of weight on the scale, or we see it as a means to an end, but it never becomes this thing that we become super conscious of in such a way that we realize that it is a place of healing, it is a place of nourishment, it is a place of soothing, of calming, of regeneration, of so many different things. It is so important, even, even to the point where I know a lot of us rag on fat and we don't like to like eat fat and fat is bad for you. And if you eat fat, you get fat, which is not true by the way. But if you don't notice that that actually matters in terms of our emotional state, because having a, a proper amount of a good quality of fat in the system helps depression so it's just so it just it, everything kind of ties together and so again that went okay I can keep teaching yoga and I can keep teaching meditation and but then it's also there's also a need for me to help people find their way through this and why and I think a lot of the why is because I had gone through what I went through it was the universe's way of saying hey these lessons were brought to you so that you could be of service of people in this point and in this way so I focused on that plus so I coupled basically my nutrition with my still teaching yoga and meditation all of that stuff and then as I start getting further into the whole nourishment part of my life in my client's life the people that were coming to me were asking much more of me than just hey what should i have for breakfast for the next five days you know and i wasn't handing them the standard this is what you eat for breakfast lunch and dinner every day and do this and this to work out like i wasn't doing that i was sitting with my clients and asking them well what does hunger feel like in your body and they'd be like wait what? <laughs> what do you mean? Like, what does it feel like in my body? It feels like hunger. Or I would be like, can you notice your heartbeat? And they were like, what does that have to do with me losing 20, 30 pounds? Or, you know, it kind of those things. But all of a sudden, the conversation started to shift and they would go into, oh, I apologize. If you can hear that noise, it's my dog. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> she's That's trying to borrow. <laughs> she's trying to find her way to China. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so then they would ask me things like, Hey, why do I feel this really heavy pain in my heart whenever X, Y, Z happens? Or I've been starting to notice that this, this, you know, this particular situation in my life is making me feel more of this. And so then when I noticed that they were asking to go deeper with the healing, that was again, the ding, ding, ding moment. So it was almost like I was being, um, led step by step. It was like the universe was grabbing me by the hand and going, okay, first thing we're going to do, heal yourself. 
the next, what we're going to do is focus you on healing people through the practice of yoga, meditation, breath, all of that stuff, because it can do this and this and this. And you're really good at like, you know, telling them how to get into heart center and how to ground down and open and all of that. So we did that. Then it was now let's serve them with what they're asking from you, which is this nutrition. And then it was cool. Now you know what it's like to be an intuitive healer. Now you know that you actually have a sense for what people are feeling and thinking and how to help them move through that. Now you know that you're an HSP and an empath and you've got all of these other talents that you can use and how to use even, even hippie things like crystals and singing bowls. Oh, I love, and, I love those. Yeah. <laughs> Was, yeah, I love those. Yeah, and <laughs> sage and all of that. <laughs> like it's totally welcomed here. Like <laughs> I love that. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Oh, totally, totally. I call that my witchy side. You know. Oh yeah, no, no, absolutely. I, I too have a bit of a, like that, that cheeky witchy side. Like the whole. Anyway, that's not about that. Oh, but... I love it. I love that. I want to work on that for sure. But anyway, so it it just got to the point where it was that was the point where the universe was like, cool, we've achieved all these things. Now this is the conglomeration of what you do, and this is what you focus on. So it's not that. It's not that nutrition wasn't healing or it's not that yoga wasn't healing. It's that all of those things were being of service. But what I was being called to was an all-encompassing intuitive healer and life coach type situation. No, that was that's beautifully explained. It makes perfect sense. Um, and I think that the progression of that was very natural as well. And it was always just to go deeper. Your clients felt it. You felt it. Um, and sometimes we have to go through those phases, right? We need to try to know that there's more or that it's different, but we need to go through those phases, right? Um, and I think that happens with a lot of yoga teachers. There, I think there are a lot of yoga teachers who just end up keeping their day job, let's say, and teaching in the evenings every now and then, or, or just not even teaching, right? But they do their training. And then mm-hmm. you have the teachers who decide to teach full time and that's what they do. And then you have those who end up becoming yoga therapists or nutritionists or, you know, healers, like in your case, these different types of people or even uh, um, psychologists after, right? Or, or the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that's, and that's that path. But definitely I find more and more people are wanting to expand beyond that, right? Like, and the more we're understanding yoga and the science of yoga and, and you know, be, beyond what I think we knew before, um, and we're realizing how it really has a place in all these different aspects of life, like psychology, for example, nutrition, all of that. Um, the more people are like, hey, but, you know, maybe beyond yoga, as in not that yoga is not enough, but using yoga as a tool, as a vehicle, and not just as the, the everything, you know, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is really, which is really special. And I think that I I 100% agree with you. And to me, one of the most beautiful things about the yoga practice, and I think that that's why that phenomenon occurs, that all of a sudden, oh, we started practicing and then we wanted to teach and then we wanted to do all these things. I think it's because there's a magic to, from the second you unroll your yoga mat for the very first time, there is this alchemy that happens internally. And I always laugh because I tell my students, whether you want it to happen or not, whether you know that it's happening or not, it's going to happen. And it doesn't matter if you literally visited one, like one yoga studio once, one class, that's the only time you ever tried yoga. That's it. I promise you the work is already done. The path of the yogi has already chosen you and it has planted seedlings within your mind and your soul that you are going to come across along the way so it sneaks up on you almost but it's a beautiful and that's why i've literally used those exact words i said it anyway sorry oh my god how funny well that's synchronicity (laughs) 
Yeah, like in blog posts and to people, I'm like, you know, yoga has a way of really sneaking up on you. I've, that's incredible. This is like the fourth time this happens today. I just wanted to say that to listeners who are wondering why I'm so excited about this. <laughs> it's because oh, I love it's that. happening tonight with you. Oh, synchronicities. I just got goosebumps. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Sorry, continue. <laughs> no, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Because again, I do have goosebumps. I'm not kidding. I really no, do. No, I think it's incredible these things that happen. And you totally know. I remember it was like one of my first classes and someone said who here thinks that they'd want to be a yoga teacher and I raised my hand I didn't become a teacher for like eight years after that but I raised my hand because I just knew and Mm -hmm. here we are now you know so yeah it's a deep soul calling and it just kind Mm -hmm. of awakens well that's why it's called yoga right you're yoking together you're bringing everything together and we humans we tend to think that we are completely separate from our minds and our bodies and our souls and everything but everything is a unison everything is working in one whole conglomeration and that dynamic uh, that dynamic vibrational state is what allows us to really heal and grow because i and and that's where i mean um that's where i was going with it that i just feel like yes you're right we all not all but a lot of us do find ourselves being called to like greater healing after being in yoga because it's the frequency it's the vibration there's this um you probably have heard it before but there's this um quote by tesla who said like what was it that he said? If you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is, that is exactly what it is. When you embody all of you, that's all the universe is, and you are the universe embodied. So when you fully remember that, all of a sudden that high vibration starts attracting more of the same to you, which means if you're vibrating at a healing level, then you're going to attract more of that healing to you. And sometimes that means taking on the role of a leader, taking on on the role of a healer, and so on and so forth. I agree. Yeah. And, you know, I think even if if people are more like of the science mind or like if they're finding this a bit woohoo, which I, I mean, I'm totally digging this, but, you know, <laughs> for the, and, you know, even the people who are most more cynical, even um, have had moments where they think that something is not in alignment with them. They might call it, they might say it differently. They might express it differently. They might even feel it differently than obviously everybody feels everything differently. So even though we're relating on this level, it's very possible that our two sensations have been in our experiences are completely different. Right. <laughs> um, that's usually how it is anyway. But um everyone has found themselves in positions where they're like, oh, this actually feels really right. Or, oh, that feels really right. We just call it, there's just different names for these things. Um, but I really, really believe in, in that um, vibration concept, like the concept of vibration and how we all relate to each other and, um, and how everything is energy and everything is, I mean, even in physics, uh, we had a, a professor tell us once that you're, not, you're, not, you're never actually touching a person. It's actually just the energies of you colliding. Like it's oh, wow. something like that. Honestly, it was a long time ago, so I don't want to, but it, you know, it, it, in every aspect of life, there's a way to explain this very thing that we're talking about right now. And um, whatever it is that the person chooses, whatever it is that you find is the thing that resonates for you. That is, I think a greater, a greater, a greater um, energy at play. I, I really believe. And there are mm-hmm. always things that we can't explain. And, um, and I find myself getting cynical as well. I'm like, well, no, surely it's just science. Like, stopping, you know what I mean? I always tell myself, I'm like, stopping silly. Like, it's not, you know, this is not a Santa Claus thing. Like, when you were a kid. No, really, like, there has to be something here. Like, there are so many things we can't explain. I, 
I don't know. I, I genuinely think that there's more. And every time I try to tell myself there isn't, or I, you know, I just do devil's advocate with myself. Mm-hmm. And then like, no, sorry. Like there's something here. <laughs> there has to I, yeah. I don't know. But, uh, no, I totally get that. That's why I laugh when I talk about these things. And I think that's a lot where my fear was coming from when I knew that I had to do this type of work because I knew, you know, I could already see myself walking around going, Ooh, I'm an intuitive healer. And people going, what the hell kind of woo woo BS is this? Mm-hmm. Or me going, Oh, lie down. I'm going to give you like a Reiki session or here, hold this crystal for like whatever long and it's going to help, you know, it yeah. just sounds go out there yeah and people I, find it so weird like or people go like oh yeah you know that that wellness stuff that you do I'm like yes well it's well-being okay. <laughs> first of all it's all encompassing all right mm-hmm. and also there's some and you're finding all kinds of really cynical people now loving the whole crystal thing on Friday nights when no one's watching girl I know I know <laughs> and they all come to you like so you know that like that post you you mentioned about about chakras I'm like right yes <laughs> and I just love watching them come into that which is what brings me to the next my next question for you um when you say that you help people step into their power so have you found that they're like some of the people that you work with are people who are reluctant to tap into that side of them or to say these words out loud, like chakras, energy, uh, crystals, like, (laughs) is that one of the things that you work with? I do. And actually it's really interesting. Cause like I said, I'm kind of like the incognito healer a little bit in that I, I, cause I do sit my clients down and as I said, I don't sit down and immediately go, so tell me a little bit about like what you ate for breakfast. I mean, I do do that, but usually it's more me asking questions in terms of, Oh, have you noticed if you're starting to clench your jaw whenever you walk into that room or how does that make you feel or just questioning, right? Because I think for all of us, I'm just going to do like a generalization there, which I usually try to stay away from, but let's just go that way. But I think we all have a tendency to feel very self-protective based off of old core wound stories. And what that does or what that leads to is this wall of, no, there cannot be any space in my life for X, Y, or Z, because if there is, then that means I have to be vulnerable and I have to be responsible for my own choices. And I think that that's where a lot of that resistance comes from. So I don't really ever see it as a deterrent. And I do understand that it sounds silly for me to say, hey, hold a pink quartz to your heart and meditate on your heartbeat for like 10 minutes and you're going to feel so much better that that sounds really ridiculous and sometimes even unattainable. But I think part of the reason why that resistance is there is because we're used to thinking that if we keep all walls up at all times, we won't be open to pain. Yeah. And we have to deal with the reality that at the end of the day, we always have the ability to choose, right? We choose what affects us. We choose what we allow into our lives and how and to what degree as well. And we choose every single moment of every single day, but that makes us the authors and the creators of our own life. That's not to say that bad things don't happen, by the way. I really don't like that whole concept within the spiritual community where they're like oh well you attracted this to yourself it is your fault it happened you must have made it happen by yeah no i don't think that that's it at all and it's also also just on that note that's also not what karma is no oh no (laughs) not (laughs) 
that's a big one for me when people say like oh that's karma I'm like really not though let's let's have a chat about that <laughs> yeah oh my god I know girl that's a big one for me too oh, I agree with you 100% yeah no that hurts my soul that's not how it works I think there's so much nuance to all of this yes. we try to our ego tries to box things up for us neatly so that it can say, oh, this is good, this is bad. Oh, this makes sense, this doesn't. Oh, this, whatever. And so that's where that kind of reframing of the concepts that I'm speaking of comes from. Because it's like, oh, if I'm the creatrix or the creator of my own life, then that means I made that happen. That means that if there was a bad, horrible thing that happened in my life, I made it happen. And that makes you feel like crap. But that's not, it's not coming from a place of spirit. It's coming from a place of ego. So that whole, again, that whole conversation, I call it a virulent, uh, oh gosh, my accent is coming out. But it's a, it's a detrimental type of uh, speech within the spiritual community. Yeah, I agree. Where it, it's blaming, right? And blaming and shaming and guilting. And that just doesn't help. It stops the flow of healing. But um. Anyway, yeah. The, oh gosh, did I answer your question? I feel like I might have rambled off the topic. <laughs> no, no, no. That was no. It was perfect. Um, I think there are so many amazing things that you said there. I'm gonna try to like unpack them all without forgetting what you said. But yes, definitely the coming from a place of ego rather than a place of spirit is so detrimental to the healing process for sure. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, one of the biggest distinctions to make when you're doing healing. And what I tell my clients as well is that no work can be done without a level of self-awareness like you cannot cannot move mm -hmm. if your present moment is not is not planted in the right energy like is not planted in the right state of mind call it whatever you want there but the seed planted cannot be based in judgment ego shaming uh, blame hatred anger like it just cannot because yes. anything that comes from that seed will be filled with all of those things like it's mm -hmm you know, it's simple. Um, so you have to shift the, you, you can't just say the words like, oh, love and kindness. And I don't resent people and I don't hold grudges. It's like, yes, yes. But it takes work to not do those things. Yes. It takes work mm -hmm. to get to the point of forgiveness. You can't just say the words. And then the second thing that you said that I really love, I mean, I'm loving all of this, but the second thing you said um, about not being like being scared to look at another alternative, because it means that we have to let go of what we thought was the way it was you know that fear is the most common common um blockage in people and it's mm -hmm. kind of to come just and again i'm saying this also just for listeners to contextualize it it's kind of like when you're doing something on the computer or maybe you're writing a paper or maybe you're doing like a visual graphic or something whatever uh, or you're building something and you've gone a certain way and then you realize that you made a mistake possibly but you're scared of what that means and that you're going to have to start over and unpack things and do the work again. And even though you know that that work could possibly be better because then your outcome will be proper, like it will be the good outcome. Yeah. You're scared to have to go back and undo and unpack and go through that ego bruise and go through all of that feeling like, oh my God. And right. Like this is a very small scale. I'm taking like a little project or whatever, but we've all had that feeling of maybe you're baking or cooking and you've messed it up and you're like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to try to tweak it. And then no one's going to notice that I completely messed up the recipe, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of backtracking and saying, actually, do you know what? Maybe it's time for me to realize that this is not the way and that there's another way. And I have that choice. And that's what you made me think of when you said we can always choose and we're, we yes. have these preconceived ideas and we're afraid to budge. And that's also what makes people judge others. Like if you think that what we're saying is woohoo, that's perfectly okay. But when you come from a place of judgment, that's more to do with, 
maybe something that you're not tapping into. It's not to say that you secretly want to be as woo as we are. <laughs> maybe there's something there to just explore, right? So, yes. Um, so yeah, yeah. So goodness out of what you just said. But um, God, I love that. Um, two, yeah. Do I have time to make like two points about what you just said? No, no, please. As well? Yeah, I just thought that awesome. those same things, like ego and of course that process, like the limiting beliefs, uh, those were great. Yeah. They go hand in hand, so. I love that. Yeah. Cause as, as I was listening to you say that, and I, I, I wholeheartedly agree two things that I thought of, um, number one, I'll start with this one is judging usually comes, comes from a place, from a place of shadow within ourselves. So usually the things that we judge the harshest on other people are things within ourselves. We haven't worked through yet where we haven't healed yet. And that's really, really hard because think about how many times a day you judge people for something or other and for what you're judging them for. Um, so it's always a good place of introspection. And the other thing is, and I think this is completing the original question you asked me that I, I do get off on tangents, but uh, it's okay. it, <laughs> it is one of the ways in which I help women become empowered and step into the full power is by allowing them to see that they are the co-authors of their lives. And at the end of the day, there's so much work that goes into that because I think we've been taught that we have no authority over our lives. We have been taught that we are essentially at the effect of everything and we've learned to become very reactive and we always come at things from a very reactive space instead of fully setting our feet down into our true heart of hearts and our true souls and stepping up to the plate and saying this is okay this is not i'm going to fully value this and i'm going to fully empower this other thing because we've sort of put ourselves into this space where we completely assign matter to external things all day long. And we believe that that matter assignation means that that thing or that person or that situation that is quote unquote in control. I don't like the word control, but like it's in charge or at the lead of our yeah. own lives and it disempowers us a hundred percent. So it's about re recognizing that nothing matters unless we make it. And that's a whole, that, that would take us like four or five days to actually unpack just yeah. alone, that whole concept alone. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But that nothing oh, that matters. <laughs> nothing matters unless you assign it matter and that we get to choose you choose day in and day out what you give matter to and what you give power to yes. and unfortunately we we constantly find ourselves giving power to things that only serve to enslave us via shame and guilt and that honestly are nothing yes oh my god yes to everything. <laughs> yeah. And it's that power designation and that's how you gain your power back too, because you can choose to allow that situation or person to take the power away from you essentially by giving them too much matter or by putting their own stuff on you. Cause I, and I've had to, I'm still working on this, by the way, I say these things and I teach these things and I work on these things. I don't want it to ever seem like, Oh, I'm like the master of whatever. No, 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 no. I work on this daily. So I have to constantly remind myself, Whoa, I'm in this space and in this situation and there is quote unquote drama or whatever, but am I really going to take that person's stuff and put it onto me because yeah. a lot of times when you're in a situation let's say you're in a fight or an argument or something with a friend or a person or something a lot of times where that 
maybe that negative charge is coming from or, or that negative vibration is coming from, it's coming from a place of core wounding and shade within the other person. Mm -hmm. But you've got the ability to choose to, again, either be reactive to it and allow yourself to be at the effect of it or not. And listen, you're not going to be perfect. You're going to fail at this. I fail at this constantly. Oh I my still God. like. I failed at yeah. it minutes, like last. I think last week I was like, oh, I girl, was super triggered too. by something, and I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> me too. Um, it's me too. Yeah, and that's another thing, right? Uh, sorry, just like a little uh, um, side note. When people assume that yogis are healers or whatever that we're like that we're preaching being zen and calm all the time. <laughs> really not we're, we're all here because we we've struggled with it and struggle with it yes um, we know you know we get triggered just like anyone else you know just side we're note. just more aware no i yeah. love that you said that because i say that all the time i crack up when my students are like well how can you because i walk into the yoga room sometimes and i'll be like well i'm in a bad mood today and they always look at me like but how i'm like listen yeah. I am just as human as you. Mm -hmm. the, the difference may be only in that I've, I'm constantly consciously aware. Like mm -hmm. I know that I get to choose whether I'm going to be angry, sad, depressed, whatever. Sometimes it does overtake me, but for the most part, I know that that's happening and I can see it. You know, like you said, oh, just last week you felt this same. Like I had this thing last week. I, I spent like a day, literally a whole day just crying on and off. Mm -hmm. So depressed. Part of it, I think, was that I was picking up the energy, the global energy of what's happening right now. And I, at that point, I couldn't just couldn't put it away anymore. Mm -hmm. And part of it was that I was dealing with a very difficult situation that I was struggling with. But I made a decision. I made a choice that morning to be like, oh, this is going to be a day. I'm going to cry. I'm going to let myself grieve. I'm going to yeah. just be sad, be sad. And that's another thing is I think we're, that's disempowering to us. We get taught to suck it up. Suck yeah. it up. Don't cry. Don't let people see what's going on. Don't show them your heart of hearts. No, you don't ever show that part of you. You just keep it hidden and it move past it and let it go and move as quickly as you can away from it. But that stuff doesn't work. Anything that you're having to force or anything that you're running away from is only going to persist when you really are going to heal something and where you're going to be empowered by it. And from it is when you fully step into it, which means some days you're going to step into your life and it's going to hurt like hell for a long time. And it's going to be ugly and it's going to be painful and it's going to demand a lot from you. But that is the space where you can heal. If we keep obfuscating or running away from or just pushing past things, they just continue. They don't go away. You just keep making the wound worse. But when you can sit in it, for a long, well, maybe not even a long period, but for as long, that's what I should say, as long as it takes for it to actually heal and be almost like metabolized, that's where the healing actually resides. Yes, completely, completely. And uh, I think even going back to what you said, like, are you going to be reactive to this? Are you going to be, like, are you going to be at the effect of this or are you going to um, make the choice? And I think that's where the shift has to happen. It's not that things don't happen. A, circumstances happen. Mm -hmm. B, feelings and thoughts happen. Okay, that's, that's just a thing. But mm -hmm. it's about what do you do with your circumstances? What kind of dialogue are you going to have with yourself? What, what are you going to tell yourself with this? You, you either are passive in this pain or mm -hmm. you tap into the pain, like in a neutral way, like in an, an accepting way. You tap into it, you feel it. Like you said, you just cry, you just, right? Which doesn't feel neutral, right? Because you feel very... Yes, angry it's very raw. Feel neutral, but in in the sense that you're you're not judging it or yourself, yeah. And yep. then 
you shift to the whole, okay, well, what will I do with this pain? Or what will I do with this situation now? Like what I think, right. Is that that's the shift is taking action. It doesn't mean taking action. Doesn't mean that you're feeling happy and bubbly and energized and motivated. It mm -hmm. means that you're feeling fueled and the fuel sometimes can be pain. Often yes. Actually. Um, yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about that? I love, I a hundred percent agree with you. And yeah, you're, you're completely, let's, let's call it, you're picking up what I'm putting down. <laughs> Loving this conversation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's this book. I love books. I'm always talking about books and movies and, but I'm really bad at remembering names and quoting exactly, but I will kind of reference this a little bit. There's this book I love by Lev Grossman called the magicians. And they even did like a whole TV show of it on sci-fi, mm -hmm. but there's this one concept in that book that says magic comes from pain. Mm -hmm. That I just adore because yeah I mean the magic of like stepping into your full power and all of these things comes from really paying attention and sitting with what's happening and a lot of times that means sitting with that pain and stuff so you're absolutely right and also listen I also want to say this because this helped me a lot in my own growth sometimes you're going to have to give yourself permission to keep choosing a narrative for a little bit longer because it, you may not even be ready to take the step to fully heal it. So there are situations and there are times and moments where I say, this is my story about what's happening and I'm going to freaking stick to it. And, I, and I'm not ready to move away from it yet. And I'm not even ready to do any kind of very deep introspective work about it yet. I'm just pissed. And yeah. sometimes, yeah, and sometimes that's what you have to do. So you always have choices. Choice is so key. You want to continue to be angry and at the effect of something, fine. Just know, like be very conscious of the fact that you're making that choice. Because honestly, it's the whole monkey brain thing, right? That we talk mm -hmm. about in yoga. It's the second you pay attention to the monkey mind, it kind of stops. You know, you've got this like monkey mind bouncing up and down and doing a bunch of stuff. But the second you become aware of it, it like, ooh, it jumps into attention. It stops. Nice. <laughs> so it's the same type of thing. You can end the cycle even by staying in the cycle. <laughs> No, absolutely. It's it's a hundred percent what you what you just said. I think the the resistance is what's going to cause the problem, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, yep. it's uh, it's the resistance. So if you know if you're feeling like yeah, I'm gonna just have a pity party today and just um, you know cancel all my meetings or do I don't know whatever it is, take a day. Um, mm -hmm. You know, then then just have that, but choose it purposefully like have that yes. party. be aware yes. that it's a party but don't be all well no I'm fine I hate all of this this is just I mean you know and all in denial and angry and you know just just mm -hmm. take it for what it is be be angry but be purposeful like pick a pick a side <laughs> you know yes. make, make be honest be vulnerable be present yes oh. you're externalizing again we keep putting worth external Oh, just go internal. You nothing outside of you is worth anything. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you stop giving your power away like that. Yeah. And by the way, it's really interesting that you said that about the whole jealousy thing because it's it's the same as the judgment to me. Yes. If you're either yeah, if you keep comparing yourself to X Y Z or if you keep being jealous of X Y Z, there's you have to go into aspects of shadow to figure out what it is. Like you can even sit down with like in a meditation with like your younger self and and ask, hey what is up? Like, why, what are you feeling? Why are you feeling what you're feeling? What's going on? And that's where all of that inner, inner work, remember it's introspective. Don't put it external. You know, we keep thinking that if we give X, Y, or Z power over us, then we have an excuse. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is my, this is why I am the way that I am, you know? And gosh, that's difficult because 
<sighs> we all go through a lot of things in our lives that really are very, very severe and very painful and very difficult and very dark. I myself like definitely have not had the super charmed life, let's say, but I've had a blessed life and the fact that I can continue to choose different things. So I get that, but it's all about that reframing. So how can you step back internally and reframe and see what actually is going on? Because if you're just going to like self-martyrize yourself over these things, you might as well just, you know, grab a whip and start doing the whole Opus Dei thing. <laughs> like it's just not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what, what would be your best, like, if somebody came to you and was saying, you know, I'm having a really bad day and, you know, um, I just don't know why it's always me or uh, I, everyone else seems to be having an easier time. I mean, those are common things that we've all said. I mean, my clients have said the same thing. What, what's your advice to your clients for in moments like that? Or even to yourself so, in moments like that? Yeah. So it would be twofold. Number one, and I actually, it's funny that you're asking this particular question because I just posted about this um, on, my, on my page and then on a friend's page today. But anyway, the number one advice would be to check in with yourself first thing in the morning. Because if the first thought you have upon waking up is, crap, this is going to be a horrible day, blah, blah. And you immediately get into like self-deprecating or complaint or negativity. That same energy that you planted into your into your heart of hearts and into your souls at that second you woke up, that energy is going to follow you the rest of the day. Like it just is the way that it is. So always check in with yourself in the morning and make space for grace, make space for gratitude. If literally the only thing that you can be grateful for in the morning is that, oh, I don't know, you woke up and your hair looked great, then okay, make that it. No, just, just yeah. to throw something out there. But like find something to be grateful for and build upon that and start making your thoughts about positivity because like attracts like. So if you wake up and you're negative already, the whole day is downhill from there, I promise. The second thing would be also if you're in a space where you just, just you can't shake it off and you're just so down and so blah, you have the choice to stay in it and let yourself observe and kind of see where it's coming from and why. And you've got the choice to also shift your perspective a little bit. And that could be reframing. So say, for example, you wake up and you're like, oh God, and I'll, and I'll use this as an example because it was a narrative for myself for so long. And I still struggle with it uh, sometimes, by the way. So it's, it's what I always say about moving past an eating disorder is that I'm, I'm almost like an alcoholic. You know, I'm recovering it's never fully completely disappeared. Um, and globally, I also think that women, we suffer from, uh, from one form or another an eating disorder. You don't have to be anorexic or bulimic to be there. We all constantly go, oh my God, look at how fat I am. Look, I can pinch my fat roll. You know what I mean? That whole mm -hmm. thing of, no, I can't eat that. I'm on a diet this week. Or, oh my God, now I'm going to try this later. Whatever that is, that narrative yeah. con continues. But so like, say if you wake up in the morning and you're in that very negative space and you're like, oh, I suck. Why can't I do this? And you start putting yourself down or whatever. I would say reframe that for yourself. Start, start catching the way in which you speak to yourself, because I can guarantee you would never speak to other people the way that you talk to yourself. Yes. about yourself or about your life. So catch yourself speaking to yourself and reframe. If you're yeah. saying that you suck, reframe. If you're saying that this is just, you're not good at this or whatever, step back, reframe it for yourself. Always, you always, always have a choice to shift things yeah. around. I agree. I, I really agree. That's, that's so helpful. And it's very tangible, right? Like these are things that we can easily do. You know, you get up in the morning, you don't have to sit down on the mat necessarily, right? You could be brushing no. 
and just check in with yourself or you go pee, just check in with yourself. <laughs> Take that moment. You know, you don't necessarily have to have time to journal or whatever. If you don't have time, that's okay. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, definitely checking in is so important. And uh, I always, always, always focusing on yourself, like always just mm-hmm. understanding why you feel that way. And you said before, um, you mentioned um, core wounds a lot, but you also mentioned the younger your younger self. I love the concept of the younger self. And another thing yeah. I was find weird, like, what do you mean talking to your younger self? <laughs> Look at you as a kid, like be there for yourself. All the things that you're feeling now are triggers and things that have happened more often than not, you know, when you mm-hmm. were a child, mm-hmm. you know, you, as soon as you're born, you start to heal from something or other, right? Like we're, we're on the healing journey. Yes. Um, and so everything can be traced back. So look at yourself even then, like if you're having trouble feeling compassion for yourself now, sometimes it helps to think of yourself as a little kid. Like look at a picture of yourself. This might sound really weird, but look at a picture of yourself when you were a child and look at the way you're talking to yourself. Yeah. You would talk like, you know, that that sometimes resonates with people. They're like, oh my God. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. I'm still that person. It's like, you're still that same being, you know, that, that doesn't age. So I love that. I don't know. I always find that kind of helpful or even just because you know, obviously like you and I and people in our line of work, we post a lot, right? On Instagram, mm-hmm. pictures of ourselves mm-hmm. or videos that we're doing. Sometimes even when you're editing something, look at yourself for just a moment, just as a human. Yeah. Who's just trying to do their best to, you know, do this thing to help people and to, you know, be happy and to live life and all that stuff. Just look at yourself as a human, as if you weren't even you. Would mm-hmm. you, would you want to be judging yourself like this and making yes. yourself feel like, like crap? Like, I don't know how to explain it. It just sometimes just tapping, like looking at yourself as a human. I don't think we do that enough. I really don't think we do either. I think you're absolutely right. And it's even that, even the questioning of sometimes I will even just put my hands to my heart and and ask, may I be kind to myself? Because we don't do that. And we're so, so we bully ourselves into so many different things. So I really, yeah, I love what you're saying. And yes, you, you know, again, like I said, we, we probably could take like five, six days, but uh, it's all about that <laughs> introspective work. And, and part of that sitting with core wounds and child, child wounding is um, stories. So you go through things in your life and you perceive them in a particular way because your perspective is always going to be completely different from everybody else's. Mm-hmm. It, you can movie you're all going to get something different from it right mm-hmm. so it's the same with your day-to-day life you perceive everything in your life completely uniquely only you see things that way well when you're little you go through experiences and you ch- you you perceive them and you channel them and your ego does the task of in by the way the ego is actually a good thing it's trying to protect you it's just yeah. it, it, it's <laughs> it thing takes i literally like, wrote on, a, on, a, on an instagram post i'm going to send it to you but i wrote the same thing a couple months ago that the ego is actually there to protect us anyway. Yes, it is. It just gets very verbose and it gets very creative in its storytelling. So what the ego does is it sees this and to protect you, it creates a story around you. So just to give you a very quick example, uh, when I was little, I was told a lot that I was fat because I mean, yeah, I was a chunky kid, but whatever. Uh, and so I, my ego saw that and immediately created a story around it that I wasn't good enough. And that became sort of like my core wound and my child pain in my main story for many, many years. And we all have them. We all have these moments in our life that mark us. And we have the ability to really sit down and it sounds weird, like you and I were saying earlier, it's that woo-woo thing, but you can, you have the ability to sit down with your younger self and 
love yourself in that space and heal yourself in that space and be very kind and gentle with yourself at that point. And it's that actually you, my recommendation, if, if you're going to be doing any kind of core wounding or any, uh, inner child healing that you have a, either a healer, a coach or a psychologist with you, because I mean, you can do it on your own, but it's better to have a guide because a lot of stuff comes up and it can be very strong. So my recommendation is always do it with someone who can lead you through the steps. Yes, agreed. Agreed. Um, and, and it can be very overwhelming. You can have very strong physical reactions as well and panic yeah. attacks. And it's just best to, uh, to, to have someone there. And even in meditation, sometimes I've had um, clients get super agitated. I mean, it's, it can be really powerful sometimes. So, you know, and it wasn't like some kind of weird, like, ceremony it was it was just like a guided meditation but you know there's a lot of rea- it was a chakra meditation and mm-hmm. there's a lot of reaction yeah and and pulling out of things you know it can happen you have people who cry in in asana like you're just doing a class and they start crying you know that's just kind of the nature of the game right yeah yeah it is it's a really beautiful thing too i actually like i think it's so powerful it's like such a relief cry too you know it's, it feels good to cry actually like even even some of the saddest cries I've had in the end felt there was some kind of relief at the end. Yes. Like, even the really hard ones, you know, so I think it's always good to let things out. And also mm-hmm. your analogy about, you know, it's being, it's like a carpet, like a rug. Yep. That you're yep. 100% <laughs> what it is, you know, if you're having trouble tapping into your, your state of being one day, just get on the mat, like do a couple sun salutations or even a down dog. I'm telling you, man, like <laughs> the answers yep. will come to you. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> You'll feel it for sure. Um, I just wanted to say um, for the the, the inner child, like how can someone go about um, knowing if, well, I guess I have two questions based on the things that we've, the main themes we've talked about. How can someone know if they're denying themselves of something or if they, if that's just in fact the decision that they've made or like, how do you know that you're in denial or how do you know that maybe you're avoiding uh, questioning something or, you know, um, like how, how can someone know basically? How would you yeah. tackle that? Yeah, I think I understand what you're asking. Well, being being in denial means that you don't know. <laughs> so that's kind of a tricky question. But I will say this: if you feel, hmm, it's kind of like I was talking about the stagnation earlier. If you feel like things in your life are not moving, if you feel stuck, if you feel even sometimes a physical uh, restriction. Say, for example, you're someone who all of a sudden starts to feel like your throat is getting more and more choked up, or you lose your voice all the time, or you start feeling a lot of tension in your neck and your jaw physical. I, I always try to take it to the physical because it's the one part of, of ourselves that we are more connected to mm-hmm. um, and much less in denial of, is if you feel any kind of really heavy, for example, you've heard that expression here, the weight of the world on your shoulders. It's because we use it for a reason. We really do feel that weight and we kind of even walk around kind of slumped over. Mm-hmm. So my recommendation for people, if you're not sure, if you're wondering, well, shoot, I wonder if I'm, if I'm not in my full power how do i know if i'm stepping into my full you know i guess that would have been a better way of phrasing the question yes oh no i I totally got what you were saying (laughs) yeah or even how do i know if i'm resisting or being or or ignoring things or how do i know if i'm really fully like living in my full potential right right right. start looking at the things uh within yourself and around you you if you're if your relationships are all stagnating and falling apart if you're constantly 
in a space of negativity and negative self-chatter, if your physical body feels like it's falling to pieces, all of these things are telling you the, all of these things are little red flags that are, that are kind of trying to get your attention. Hey, like we need to take a look at our, our nutrition. Something's up here or Hey, there's a reason why you're not making these emotional connections to people. Something's up. All of these will present themselves to you. And a lot of that has to do with, again, physically tapping into how you're feeling and how you're doing. And sometimes you have to take that even further and go into your intuition because your intuition is the perfect guide. It really is. It's like if you step into a room and it, the room feels heavy and unpleasant and all of a sudden you're uncomfortable and you don't know why, but you want to get the hells out of there. That's your intuition telling you something. It's the same thing with your life, you know, and your heart. If you, in your heart, you're in a relationship, for example, that isn't serving you anymore and you feel like, oh my gosh, we fight every day. I just feel like I want to crawl out of my skin. I feel like I'm walking on eggshells, all of these things are red flags. So watch, you know, observe, become a gentle observer of your life. Don't ever try to push or force anything or run away from anything, but become a gentle observer and question why, like yeah. how, yeah, all of that. A gentle observer of your life. I find that really beautiful. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to know. And I think, and that's, it goes back to a bit of what I was saying before. It doesn't have to be these, the, the same words that we've used or the woohoo thing, quote unquote, woohoo stuff. It can actually just be a feeling mm -hmm. of, oh, this just doesn't feel right. I don't care if you're like super, super science brain or if you're super, super woohoo brain. I mean, we've all felt moments where it's like, oh, this just doesn't feel right. Like everyone has felt that or they felt, oh, this feels really right. And you said it brilliantly. It's like, yeah, if yes. something's stagnating or if something feels unhealthy or like that's a sign, it doesn't have to be more woo -woo than that. You know, it can really just be that concrete and simple. Um, obviously it's not simple. The, 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 the process after that is not simple, but it can be simple to identify. Um, so that's a really good point. Yeah. If it doesn't, yes. Right, yes. Right. Um, yeah, that's good. And then the, I like the physical things that you said. I, I'm a big believer in physical manifestation being the very last step of something that's not going right um that's by then by the time it's mm -hmm. physical because you're losing your throat or you keep getting like chest colds or whatever it is that you're getting uh, or you have like neck pain jaw tightness all that stuff that's the last step there's usually a lot of stuff going behind going on behind that um and yeah so to tap into yep. that you know we we identify with the physical and that's fine you know it's tangible it makes sense um but yeah definitely when mm -hmm. you start to feel things physically it's maybe a sign to check in and see um I mean, sure, go see a doctor if you, you know, it depends what you have, of course, but always, always, always checking in with yourself. Yeah. And finding. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I yeah. think all the things have to go together. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. I don't think one goes without the other. Of course, the physical is important as yoga teachers, both of us, of course, the physical is important. I mean, it's like a massive part of what we do, but for sure it has to be tied together. Yeah. That's great advice. And, um, and then what about you, with your clients? Um, so, so obviously do you, do you still do um, nutrition focused work or do you really kind of look at the whole now? Yes, I'm looking at the whole self. And, and to be honest with you, I was doing that even a couple of years ago when I started the whole nutrition side because it, I was a holistic nutritionist. So I've always done the whole all-encompassing thing. Now what I am adding is, and that's why I like the idea of the life coach a little bit better because it's slightly more on point, a bit more on the nose, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I, I look at everything that's going on in the client's 
present life and I work with them to go deep within themselves and do the internal, the internal work and observe and really learn from themselves so that we can heal. I also do still do nutrition because again, it all goes hand in hand. And a lot of times the manner in which we are nourishing ourselves physically is going to affect the way in which we are even thinking. You know, sometimes the way that we nourish our bodies does affect our brain and our emotions and all of that. They do go hand in hand or vice versa. Sometimes it's not even that you're, I, I always laugh because people have this idea that once we discover one thing that applies to everybody. So I have clients that are like, oh, but I have to be gluten intolerant. I know I am. And, and it's always the conversation of, wait a second, wait a second, let's take a look at what's, what's happily going on. And then you kind of find out, oh, when you're in this particular situation or scenario, your body is responding to the fact that XYZ is stressing you because XYZ is coming up within your, your soul-based core right. wounding. And that is affecting the way in which you're digesting, digesting this particular food at this time or whatever. So that's part of it. The other is I also look at each individual uniquely. I don't think that we, I don't think that there's one measurement or one ruler, so to speak, or one thing that's going to apply to everybody. I think it's unique to each person. So I kind of look at that whole thing. Sometimes it might even be a simple thing, seemingly simple as me, like sitting them down and just teaching them how to meditate, you know, or sometimes we will go deeper and do a lot more hardcore work, or it'll be purely nutrition. So it just depends on what, or even energetic, because that's why I'm saying I'm an intuitive healer. We will go with what I'm, I call them downloads. And again, we go into the woo-woo side of thing, but if I'm picking up something in conversation with you and I'll be like, well, hey, have you considered this or that or whatever? I'll bring it up in that sense as well. So that's, that's how I'm doing my consultations these days. And I'm still doing one-on-ones, but what I'm really trying to focus on at the moment is I'm in the process of creation. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to create... Uh, courses. I'm trying to create both yoga meditation courses and also healing courses that people can get into for a couple of days. And then we will meet, you know, my idea is for us to have those courses and then go through them. And then we'll meet like once or twice a week or whatever to talk about things personally. And so I'm trying to, I'm, I'm in the process of creating all of those things. And I say, I'm trying to reconfigure all of that because again, I did stop everything while the process of, of my uh, divorce was going on and whatever. And that has made me reframe and have to kind of step back from something. So I, it's, it's funny. I almost feel like, oh no, I'm playing catch up. But at the same time, it's all working in the time that it's supposed to. But that's the way in which I'm, I'm still seeing clients to, to this day. That's amazing. I really like that. And, and that's, I was actually going to ask you the next, the next question was going to be about the projects that you're working on right now and the, and the, the things you have going on. So building the online courses and, and so what would that look like? I mean, I know you've explained it a little bit, but if for people who want to work with you um, or who want to maybe get into this work a little bit more, what would their options be with you right now? It would be the one-on-one consultations. Yes. So right now you can definitely work with me one-on-one. And I can do that via Zoom. I can do it via Skype. It doesn't matter. I've got a client who doesn't even live here. She's, where is she right now? She moved, but she's in Salem. So it could be however you want to. I also do a lot of like showing up to groups. So if you wanted me to come down to your church and maybe have a chat about nutrition and how that relates to your relationship to you know spirit or whatever i'm just giving like the first example that came to my head but i could do that i also do women's groups so if your women group wanted me to come down and just have a chat about this particular type of empowerment work i'm available for that and those are all those could all be done either via zoom obviously right now that's the only choice we have or whenever (laughs) whenever things settle down it could be also done in person and i'm creating something that i'm calling the love yourself 21 day awareness program so i'm in the 
the process of developing that. Once that is up and running, what you'll be able to do is sign up for the 21 days and each day will have like a lesson. So it's almost as though I would be breaking them down in my page and you would funnel them, funnel into them. You know, one day you'll be learning about one thing and then about another, and then you'll have homework to work with and so on and so forth. And also if you want to join me on the math, for example, right now taking advantage of, and I say that lightly, but cause I don't really feel like I'm taking advantage of, but in, in a way for me to be able to serve everybody in this time of uncertainty and, and uprooting and everything, what I'm doing is I'm offering a free Zoom yoga class every day from Monday through Friday at noon. So if someone wanted to join me there, just email me info at nourishingpaths.com and I can send you the link. Also, Cherry Blossom Yoga, which is the studio and basically my home away from home down here in Houston, Texas, where I teach, they're doing, they've got something called CBYTV, which which essentially they've got a huge curriculum. I think it's like, I think up to 60 classes worth of material that you can take wow. there. And if you want a discount for that, you can use the name Safa 10 and I can send you all of this info so that you can yes, put it on the, because <laughs> it's a lot. I do realize it's a lot. <laughs> okay. And she's doing a seven day free trial. So you can join there. And we're also, the teachers are doing live zoom calls at specific times. So for example, me, I'm teaching Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday from 6:15 to 7:15. Um, vinyasa and hatha classes so you there's so many different ways in which we can connect right now i'm always available for all of these different things in so many different ways that's amazing thank you so much um so yeah i'll put all the information in the show notes if people want to get in touch with you and um and obviously as things come out like i'll i'll share those things with them on my on my account as well as you as you launch because i've been seeing that you have some exciting stuff going on so that's fun um, yeah, that's yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. And um, yeah, was there anything else you wanted to share with our audience before you go? Any advice? I know we touched on so many things, and I feel like I feel like I just bounced about because there was just so much. <laughs> I was just like, and what about this? And what about that? Um, but yeah, is there anything? Because that's what I do too. Yeah, no, it was really fun. It was <laughs> dangerous, but it was fun. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like there was no real structure, but that's okay. Um, it was it was really fun, and I think those are the most. Um, the most um, enjoyable as well, right? And, and hopefully for people who are listening, they weren't too, yeah, they weren't too bounced about as well when they were listening. Um, <laughs> there's some method to this madness. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is there any advice based on the things that we did touch on? Anything that you'd want to tell people right now? Anything that comes to mind that you feel like saying to someone? Yes, I think I just would like to remind everybody that it is okay to be in presence of whatever it is that you're feeling. Just don't get bogged down by it. Learn to be present with it and then move through it and on from it. And also to give yourself space to choose and constantly remember that you have the power to embody your life the way that you want to. That was so beautiful. That was so beautifully said. I'm not even going to add anything to that. I'm going to say, I'm going to do what I've been saying I'm going to do, but haven't done and just leave that because that was beautiful. <laughs> um, that was really great. I want to thank you again so, so, so much for, for being here and for sharing all of this. Uh, this was a really, really fun experience. I hope it was fun for you. And oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I look forward to staying in touch. I will be connecting everyone with you. Um, and yeah, it, it was just really, really great to chat to you. And I'm really excited to see all the things that you have in the works i'm very excited and congratulations by the way for all the beautiful success that you've uh, that you've um achieved 
So yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. And yeah, it was my absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Stefa.